I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay and this is Chuck. Welcome everybody to this the week of men's conference. <laughs> on again, baby. Friday is the 14th, you know. We're about to be at the conference watching sport all weekend. Hopefully coming back next week refreshed, speaking all things football. You know what it is. Welcome to this week's episode of Two Up Front. Uh, I am Jay and I'm not by myself, I'm with Chuck. Because Valentine is coming. <laughs> Where is your boyfriend? <laughs> you are sitting at home. Where is your girlfriend? <laughs> Welcome, guys, to episode 23 of Two Up Front. Um, let's get into it, Jay. First things first, um, we watched the Pro Tiers um, ODI series. It got leveled out because one game got uh, rained out. Um, but a player that wasn't prominent in the Test series that actually put in a good performance was yeah. Temba Bavuma. And I want to highlight his comments um, about transformation. What he says, he wants to be recognized on merit and not necessarily for the of not necessarily recognized for the color of his skin he's black he can't change that but he loves the game of cricket and he needs to be in the team because of his performances so the issue is transformation what what do you think that looks like and do you think Temba is onto something because he says Oguti, when he does well no one says anything about transformation yeah when he's not playing well it's hey there's a black player not doing well the Presser in in question that you were, you refer to, he he looked visibly irritated to be there, mm. I must say. And if I contrast this to, I actually came across a clip when he first broke into the test team, and he was on Thursday Night Live with Robert Marawa, and he looked like someone who was he was he was smiling, he was he was laughing, he was actually exchanging jokes because Gakhesorabado was there as well, which was his second time on the show, and he was overall he cut a very comfortable, very happy figure. In the three to four years actually now since then there's a lot that has happened and a lot of talk that has surrounded Temba Bavuma specifically and the conversation of transformation and in this press conference that we are um, referring to he he initially says that he doesn't want to be recognized as just the token black batsman in, mm. in the proteas he doesn't want to be there because he's making up those numbers he wants to be there because of his proficiency with the bat, you know, which is which is fair. I mean, in anything that any of us do, whatever profession that we have chosen for ourselves, we want to know that we are where we are and we are we are climbing that ladder because we're good. We're good enough. You know, you want to be recognized for the work that you're putting in. And I have no doubt Temba Bavuma is putting in work. This is how he got to the Proteus. In the same breath, then he says, because this is following after he made 98 in the first ODI. Mm. And in the in the press conference, it, it doesn't come up. In the, in, in the media, it doesn't come up about um, what transformation, how good transformation is. And his problem is that, well, if you're going to talk transformation, let's talk transformation. Yeah. You can't just say it's bad when the black player is not doing well. And the reason that the team is not doing well is, is, is because of transformation versus then when he is doing well, you say nothing about it. Yeah, I think what what irks Timber is the fact that I've been dropped and I've been recalled and I hear transformation. And it's not necessarily Timber's been dropped because of his performance. He's backed in the team because of his performance. There's always transformation put somewhere in there. And he says it feels like it, it, 
well, you didn't say these words, but I feel he feels it takes away from his performance a bit. To, to, oh, you're here based on the fact that it's a guy chance because you're black. Yeah, I believe when when you're starting out at lower levels of of sports or your career, you can be given a chance because you're a lady or because you're you're black or whatever the case is. But not in the top ranks. You can't be a manager because you're a lady or because you're black. You need to do it on on, on merit. So this is the pinnacle of South African cricket, and he feels good to. I need to be here based on my performances because I've got hundreds to back it up. I mean, he scored, if I'm not mistaken, was it not a one eighty? That was a very high score from Timber. Uh, I'm not too sure what the numbers are actually. I, I need to do the education. But he scored a very good um, century while he was dropped, and he's back on the team because he scores runs. And first ODI, there you, there you, go, there you see the results, 98 runs. So the question is, Jay, that I, I want to ask, and, and we, we can get into, because we've, we, we've, not, we, we've had this conversation before, Guti. Funny enough, Temba was the first black guy to score a century in 2016. That's where staggering. Are the, where are the black batsmen, Mzant? That is staggering. He's not only the first black player to score a test century but he still is the only one he still has the only century in test match created by a black batsman uh because he hasn't scored 100 since then himself mm. and that that question of where are the black batsmen it's you know the mask of transformation is 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 that it looks like there's progress and there of course is progress um we are not saying this is perfect and but we can point out that when we first came back into the test arena, there was, and I don't know who I read this, I read this in an article, there was only one black player in that test match in 1992. And now when you look at the squad, you you see an array of black players. But it's rather interesting to me that most of the players who, black players that you see in the protest are bowlers. And this is not a science that I'm putting across, but this is my own thought process in terms of batsmen versus bowlers as someone who has has dabbled with cricket i i can tell you that bowling is far easier than batting yeah you can pick up a ball you can run up to the wicket and basically throwing it to the other end and it's far easier to actually don't get me wrong it's not easy to make it as a test level bowler international bowler but you have far greater chances of being an international player if you're a bowler than you do if you're a batsman and when I say that, that means then for me, when I look at batting, batting is about, it's about technique, it's about temperament, um, it's, it's also skill level, but it's, it's a lot more the hours that you put into the nets to actually develop that skill level to a point where you are good enough to keep out all these bowlers that are coming at you. And if I were then to drop a, a, a racial um, view of that, I would say that there is the idea that it is not worth developing black players as batsmen because they do not have the proficiency, they do not have the stuff to go and be international batsmen. And if we are then saying that there is a racist narrative, I, I think you can you see it in terms of how 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 much of a dearth there is of black batsmen. I mean, when you talk about those skills now, Bowling is, is, I mean, when we first all uh, started, out, started out bowling, we, we, we threw the ball, we chucked it. Our technique was wrong, but we knew how to do it. It's relative to all the games we've played growing up, Netanyahu, Chicago, Matashana, all these things, hand-eye coordination. But the batting stance, as you say, is something completely different. We're better it's off, a science. We're, we're better off trying to swing the bat in baseball. Yeah, we'd rather we'd probably get that uh, right instead of a cricket stance, which is very, very as you're saying, it needs time to build your stance, your technique, and all that stuff. Which I don't think 
because of 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 where where we are from and what we do i don't think that someone is practicing tennis all day long whereas if you've got the skills of a bowler you can play as i said matasha you can play you can play all these things that's where those skills are in practice all the time as a black kid but to who which game would you just stand there and defend naturally in the hood we're just defending wickets and you have to hit it there isn't there isn't anything comparable to it and the thing is you can you can pick up cricket in high school and you can actually go on to be an international bowler because and i'm really not trying to devalue the art of bowling because there is an art specifically when you get to international levels when you get to change ups also in pace line and length is important but for example if you have naturally got given arm talent where you can run up to the wicket and you you can you can bowl at 150. Best believe you're going to play international cricket. You might be wild, um, like, who's the guy I'm thinking about? Nancy Hayward. Nancy Hayward, mm. you know. But you are going to play, or, or, or the Australian bowler known as the wild thing. You are going to you are gonna make it international level. And when you then start hearing niche words like technique mm. or batting stance or, um, or, or, or your back lift, same thing happened with Amla. At some point, he was on the brink of actually not continuing with the test team until there was tinkering with with his with his with his, with his batting, and then he then went back to what he felt was his natural batting stance, and he flourished. And I feel, whereas I say you can pick up bowling, for example, in high school, it, you are it is to your advantage if you pick up batting as 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 a young child. And you would, if you can show that you've got great hand-eye coordination, what then is going to happen is that you are going, you are then going to be filtered through the system where coaches are going to spend a lot of time with your your, your batting stance, where where you take guard, and as I'm saying, where your bat starts off and where your bat ends up. Where is it pointing? Is it pointing square? Is it, is it straight down the pitch? And in my opinion, that the absence of that, the absence of having that coaching, the absence of having those engagements with the people who are supposed to perfect your technique and things of that nature, that's where you see exclusion. I think that you hit the nail on the head there because when you when you look at how long professionals have played cricket for, as you said, which you can pick up bowling from high school and, and so forth, but people who generally make it all the way into the professional uh, ranks have been playing it from primary all the way with that with the assistance of coaching with the facilities with the money with the sports ground all that stuff available to them whereas with black players specifically in the rural areas and semi township there isn't a cricket pitch in sight like i live in timisa i don't know of a cricket pitch and gazinibon if we are playing cricket on a field of grass and you can say to in most primary schools it happens that way sure but when we get to high school, we are still just playing on grass and there's nothing else that, that, will, that will aid us. I mean, you can bowl on so many surfaces, but you can't bat on, on heavy grass. It's, it's, it's not reflective of, of real life no. application. You know what I mean? You can't do it with a tennis ball either. It's not real life application. So you hit the nail on the head there. And so transformation, the question that I, that comes to my mind is, we, we are looking so much at the top, Oguti, how many black people or players of color are in the national team. But how, how much is CSA doing grassroots level? Because that's what you see in the memorandum or whatever that document is, that PDF document on transformation. But how much are they doing to help us get there? That is the question, isn't it? Because if I ask the question, when you look at the national team, are you, are you satisfied with um, the black players that you see on, on that level? And I mean, to an extent, to an extent, yes because mm. you you do see a lineup of 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 black bowlers 
particularly yeah. as we've just mentioned. But the reason we're not having more Kakhisora batters coming across um, or, or, or world-class batsmen at, at, at that rate is because the issue is at grassroots. Um, there's, 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 a, there's a quote by Barack Obama where he was is, he is speaking about how transformation needs to happen at grassroots level. Uh, you don't you don't build from the top. You build from the ground up, and the CSA have have in this memorandum that you're mentioning. One of the things that they speak about is that there there are hubs, uh, and I'm I'm open to be corrected. There are hubs which then in the surrounding areas, if they are pre- previously disadvantaged schools, um, they can go there and utilize those those facilities as well as the coaching there. And as Chuck just mentioned, we live in Tembisa. Practi- practical example we live in Tembisa there's not one cricket pitch in Tembisa and even if there is such a hub that exists again when you look at how South Africa is set up with um, spatial apartheid when and how are all the kids who live in the township who do not have access to the most um, mobile transport where at any given time they can just get into a car and drive to wherever and even if they have to do that it's a drive to get to that place it's a long drive it's an hour's drive it's hours in a day hours in, a, on, in at that on a weekend that you have to take out for them to get to this one center whereas then when you lo- look at the more privileged sector of south africa this is available to them each and every day they go to school each and every, they, they can use a cricket pitch during break time they can use it after school and then they can officially use it during practice time and during matches and so <laughs> Just to just to broaden the perspective a bit, we were having this conversation, and and, and this is how it goes. Uguti, is it we we as black people love soccer, and we there's so many of us who play soccer elokshini. But the question was, is it because we've had so much so great a love for soccer that we all chose it, or is it because we don't we didn't have a chance to be exposed to something else? And so the reason why we have so many people tra- vying for soccer positions is because we don't know anything else elokshini. And so the, it talks to transformation. What's happening with the rugby? What's happening with the cricket? As Jay has outlined, there is nothing for us to explore in terms of what else can we do. And you're like, dude, get better at soccer. Like, yeah. but, but I've got other skills. I just can't but show them. Know. Yeah, I just can't show them because all we have today is a ball. I, I, I could be great at, with timing. I could be great in the scrum and the rock. I could have a, a very good eye as a scrum of, of fly-off, sorry. But all I know is football, and that's all I play. And that's, that's, that's where we are trying to hit this point of transformation. That's where we need to see it, because outside of that, all we see is Gakhisorabad on TV, is Petroguayo, all we see is Zipamla. But we're not seeing the batsmen, we're not seeing all the other black people come through because there is still nothing. Well, I can't see anything. You know, what you're speaking about, and, and that's the thing, that's the thing about what, what privilege does, is that it separates a group of people to have access to uh, things that others don't and and it's on purpose and the thing about transformation in south african sports we need transformation because transformation is required across like societal planes in this country because of our history we need that what was previously inaccessible to a, a group of people to be accessible to those people and very honestly, if we're being frank about this, that's not just going to happen because, uh, well, a group of people have decided that that's how it's going to be. I want to actually read you something from from the document by the CSA. Um, there's a schools program that they have, right? 
and mm-hmm. this is what they say about the schools program that if the schools meet the criteria they receive financial rewards so there's incentive to to pushing this the agenda of transformation okay that's good mm-hmm. right and then it goes on to say that a renewed focus on school cricket includes a transformed approach in engaging the emerging cricket ground cricket schools through resourcing on both levels of capital requirements and human resourcing creating cricket focused schools where demographic um, change brought about opportunities to promote the game amongst disadvantaged communities enrolled at schools with cricket facilities and encouraging schools with a healthy healthy tradition in cricket to embrace a CSA transformation initiative. So here's the thing. One of the things that they outline is that they're looking to promote cricket focused schools. So this is we're talking so this is not a cricket question. We're talking about schools. Yeah. And then they 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 have incentivized this um financial rewards to schools with a healthy tradition in cricket. And right there for me that's a red flag because right there you are saying that there are particular institutions which you need to have black players for them to flourish in the game. And I actually like I want to I, I want to prove this to our listeners and uh because in the recently concluded One Day International there were four black players in 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 the ODI squad. There was Bavuma, there was Petruayo, there was Pamela, there was Ngiti. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Bavuma went to St. David's yep. in Santon. Mm-hmm. Petruayo's story is that his mom was and still is a domestic worker. Um, and the lady that she works for put Petruayo through school, primary school. And then he got, a, funny enough, a hockey scholarship to go to Glenwood Boys in, in Durban. Mm-hmm. So Petruayo went to a boys' school and he went there by, by scholarship. So Pamela went to Grey College, which is a 150-year-old traditionally um Afrikaans boys school and then you have Ngiti Ngiti went to Hilton College which is uh the school in the Midlands which is the most expensive school in Africa so we have black players in the in, in the ODI squad right mm. are, are these black players representative of the larger South African black contingent not at all that's that's the select few who if I may say got lucky yeah. got lucky it's not the normal the system has worked out for them they got lucky they were put in a in a moving vehicle the rest of us are waiting in the line for the taxi that will yep. eventually get get going um i'm waiting for a player from Timisa high yeah ttm ttm whatever Moriting high i'm waiting from someone someone from there to say oh we've we've, we've spotted a talent Till, till then, I mean, if you're still looking at the Kezes and, and, and the Greys and the St. Davids and what, what have you, you still haven't seen us as black people, where we are, what we do, and what skills we have. You, have, you still have not exposed us to what we can, what, what we can be. We don't want to realize our full potential without these opportunities. And as you were talking about privilege, Uguti, you may take it for granted, Uguti, hey, when I went to school, there was cricket. I mean, for instance, <laughs> I went to a school, a school where there was a swimming pool. When I come back and I have conversations with my friends, I'm like one of the few guys who had a swimming pool yeah. in a school. And that's because I went to Morusi Nyana School, not in the hood. And you see that that, that very basic thing with a school in Bogbes in a swimming pool. Not everyone had access to that. It's a longer journey to get to the top. Yeah, and so you want to go to transformation for me. For me, this is my my personal view. It's far behind. It's not enough. Far behind. It's not enough. If we were reading out the names of these players and reading out the schools that they went to. Again, you look at that, and from if you're just taking a look on the surface, yeah, great. You mm. know, like there are more black players in the ODI squad, but 
But what are we talking about? We're talking about Patrice Mutsepe as a billionaire. That's not the norm. Mm. It's not the norm. You are someone, if you got lucky, that and that's the thing, you, you hit the nail on the head and you say, you either got lucky, you had connections, or in the case, of, for example, of Pekuwaya, that his mom is a domestic worker, which is nothing to be glorified. And she happens to be in a household where, oh, that particular person that she works for is kind enough. How many of such people exist? Is kind enough to take her child through mm. those schools, which without her, Pekuwaya would have also slipped through the cracks. Yeah. How many Pekuwayas, or actually even players much better than him who have that talent, are slipping through those cracks because they don't know Mrs. Smith who who is on 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 the SGB board and was able was able to um, make means that you you go to that school. We can't we we can't be pointing to to people who went to Hilton College. And I don't know the I don't know the story of Ngiti. I'm not sure if he was there on scholarship or he, because his parents could afford being there. Even if it's a matter of well, your parents can afford that school because we we actually and by we I mean you and I mm. we've had um, access. To people who actually coach in the development structures of South African cricket, yeah, and we've had the opportunity to observe how cricket and rugby, which are traditionally white sports, how they operate in South Africa. Isn't it funny that how you get to play for the Proteas or get to play for the Springboks? If you go and look at those players, each and every one of them, you can track a line from high school, mm. first team high school, to provincial colours and international colours. You can see where the, where, where the, the pools pedigree. are. Yeah, you see where they're picked from, basically. There's pedigree. Yeah. Which means that you cannot come from outside those structures and and suddenly find yourself as as as, as a as a player for the Springboks or for the Proteas. Mm. And this is a problem because if those structures are entrenched in these schools which are predominantly exclusive, that if you are a black person who's supposed to go to that school, you must meet a criteria that is not available to 80% of this country. Where is this transformation happening? Where is the pipeline of these players? Where is it coming from? And I mean, another thing that we need to address is the fact that we'd like to flourish, we'd like to prosper, we'd like to learn and develop where we are. And I say that you yeah. see, you see a Sia story, which he comes from Zwite and such and such goes his story, but he finds himself in one of these schools via scholarship or via um, um, people helping him out. But he needs to relocate for his talent to flourish. I like to be a Tembisa and discover what I'm actually good at tennis and have yeah. someone help me in Tembisa. Because now if I have to go to Boxburg to play, I'll give you a case in point. I was playing club football. My mom had to drive from Tembisa, pick me up at school and take me somewhere it was to practice. After three practices, she was like, I can't do this. It's not practical. It doesn't make sense. And funny enough, I understood. I would have loved to say I didn't understand because I was young then, but I did. Case in point, if I was... There's a soccer field not too far from my house. If that's where it was happening, I, I don't know what would, what would have happened with my soccer. I'm not saying I'm the world's best, but that's a far better story. It's a far better opportunity, far better chance. We don't want to come. See, we are, we are in the township. We, are, we understand that. We are black. We understand that. But we don't have, always want to go into the white space to find to find those those resources. We don't, we don't want to go, go into the white spaces to find the opportunity. Can the opportunity come to us? Because you cannot... You cannot relocate millions of people to those places yeah eventually these structures if if csa if the government if the powers that be were absolutely serious about transforming from the grassroots going up they they would implement some programs where black people are because it's 
you realize when we're talking about school cricket that these schools play within leagues, right? Mm. So you belong, the club that you first belong to is your school. Yeah. And then after that, then you, you get filtered into um, the provinces, I'm saying the franchises. We are, we are even talking about, you, you mentioned now that there isn't even one cricket pitch in the whole of the township, which is Tembisa. Even if there were, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there is a Soweto Cricket Club, right? Mm. There is one cricket club in the whole of Soweto for yeah. all the millions of people who live in that township versus, oh, no, um, in this particular school, there's a thousand boys and there are, what, six different, uh, from, from grade eight, you've got like, like first team under 14, B team, C team, all the way to, to matric. There's like 18 different teams yeah. that you can play for. So, and this is just in one school. And then you multiply this over many schools. How easy is it to filter who are the, who are, who are the best of the best in, in those situations versus, and even if you have that one cricket pitch, that one cricket club in the whole township, the township is big. If someone on the other side of this township doesn't know about, even if they know about it, they're not going to take three taxes to get there. I mean, the funny thing about about what we're pointing out is, never mind. Say, say for instance, building a cricket pitch needs a, a lot of real estate, a lot of land. Nets, nets are something that you can build. You just put concrete, concrete strip, and dividers. We will put a dustbin there for because we'll put whatever we need. But a place for people to practice, just just a place. You know what I mean? We don't see. Even I have even have a problem with that. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because they'll build that and then they leave. Yeah, and then and then their conscience is free because well we 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 gave you facilities quote unquote but yeah. then as we're discussing what good are the facilities if there's there's no shepherd to there's shepherd no the flock yeah you know mm-hmm. there's no one to show you the way there's no one to say wow this is how it's done this is how it's done. because eventually we we were having a conversation about this off air that there's a tennis court in in Tembisa and the you never saw people playing tennis there. We tried once. And the nets were taken down. It, it was supposed to be refurbished. It's been three years and the nets have not been put back. So what, what do we What's do? up with that? And even if they put the nets there, they're going to say you have tennis courts. There's no reason why Tembisa is not pro- producing tennis players. What? What What tennis programs are there? So my my overall view is, is we hear this talk of transformation and it needs to continue. Temba is right. Yeah. Good or bad, like we need to continue having this conversation about transformation, but we need to have it not just be talk. We need these people to walk this walk. You can't be talking about it and then you are not there to actually implement it. And I'm sorry to say, like the powers be, they're not actually serious about about getting us into these in, 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 into these opportunities. Uh, let's 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 give a solution to CSA. Simple stuff. When you look at highlights of cricket matches, first whether whether it's first class or whether it's ODI series of the local teams, no one's really there at the stadiums. But if Spiwe is playing in that team, if Manda is playing in that team, if Tebok is playing in that team, we will come because as the majority of black people, we are the majority number in the country. But we don't have any horses in that race. We don't have any people to cheer about where Ekas. Yeah. The black people who are who have made it are from the Hiltons and from the Greys. So we don't know these people basically. Because we knew them when they were young, but they moved away from us. From grade 8 and onwards, they, were, they weren't our, our guys. And so, if you want people in the stadium, help us to produce players from the hood. And then we, as people from the hood, will have a stadium in which to watch cricket. And we'll come and watch the games. It's simple. Give us an interest. Give, give us a reason to go. Because cricket is not our sport because that's us going to love. No. Period. No. Who do we beg? What am I gonna do there? Yeah, I'm gonna watch people that I don't know in a sport that I don't know. Why would we watch? Because it's 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 a false narrative to say that we are not interested in the sport. Yeah. As you as you as you highlighted, 
we predominantly play football because it's easy to set up a football match. Yeah. A, a couple of bricks and you can even not even have a ball, but like scrunch scrunch together like plastics and you've got a game. And the even that access to making it to professional, it's actually it's such a gamble. We don't even know. We have these conversations as as guys in the hood that how do you make it into the PSL? And the guys who made it is like, wow, great. You, there isn't there isn't a, a, a clear demarcated pathway. Mm. Whereas with the with sports like cricket and, and and rugby, there is one. Yeah. And as I'm saying, like, in if you actually go into these schools, these private schools or these semi-private schools that fall into that category, you'll find that the guys who select for the provincial teams or the guys who select for the national, the age group national teams. They are coaching mm. at these schools, mm. which means they have access to the talent. These guys are not coming out to go see um, these players in where they live. It's down to, well, if you can afford to bring your, your, your son, your daughter, your child here, mm. I might see them. And if I, But then if I see one black child amongst a hundred, man, that is too small of a pool to actually recognize the best of the best. What you have going, and this is the problem then um, with with quotas, which is what um, uh, uh, which is what Temba is speaking about. That if he's the only one, of course, if Temba makes it to the test to the to the test arena, and if he's not the best batsman, best black batsman there is in South Africa, literally all the eyes of the country are looking at him. And if he fails, then it's mm. a well, that's proof that we don't need black players in in the team because look what happens when we try and transform. Well. Yeah, if you're trying to transform from the top, obviously that's what's going to happen. But at this point, this it is it is a, a cricket South Africa problem, mm-hmm. but it's also a South African government problem because yep. those systems that exist in those private schools and those semi-private schools, you need to find a way to bring those systems into where the black children are because otherwise, you know, you know, it's the funny thing when you say it's, here, a, it's a government problem, and this is this this particular comment broadens out to just about anything and everything is it not ironic that the government schools keyword government are the schools that don't really have all the resources they are government owned but they don't have enough books they don't have enough uh, infrastructure and this and that and teachers but the privately owned things they have everything that they need the government you you're in charge of this particular thing and i guess it goes on to the escoms and, and, and the saas and all that stuff but if you're in charge of particular of a particular thing, shouldn't it flourish because you're the biggest powerhouse there is in the land? That's a somehow. Thing. I mean, you know, our 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 government schools where you find predominantly black children are the way they are because it goes back to apartheid. Apartheid set it, set them up in that way that there are no cricket pitches because they did not build them to create cricket players or rugby players because they didn't want black kids and, and black people to come into those teams, but. We are here where we are. And I mean, why then I would put it back on the government is because the government started the conversation about transformation. Mm. And there have been threats over the years that if there are no a, a certain number of players, they're going to pull those teams. Mm. And my thing is, well, you can't then just leave it to the to the established structures because privilege does not want to give a privilege. It doesn't happen like that. You need to force the issue. Mm. Um, whatever programs that you, you get, you need to force the issue. That's... Yeah. That's where I am with this, um, and and I mean kudos, kudos to Temba Bavuma for always offering himself up to have these conversations. And I, I I get why he's tired. Yeah, I get why he's tired because what he starts off by saying, and what we start off by saying, that he wants to be recognized um, purely on merit. 
And ideally, in a post-racial world, and ideally where transformation has happened, that's what you'll have. You'll have have people in the team because they are just the only conversations that they're good enough to be there. There's no need to even touch the race race thing. And I mean, as you're saying, kudos to him because he's been been rolling with the punches. Because if Macron was black, if if, if Faf Duplessis was black, they would have been dropped a long time ago and we've heard this hoo-ha about transformation. But because they're not... They can play as bad yeah, as they want. We need to change this conversation. Eh? We don't. We, we, the comments are not the same. They're not. They're not fielded equally to this guy. So, transformation needs to happen, people. It's 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 a must. Uh, CSA, wake up! If you think you're transforming, I can't see it. We 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 at the bottom. We've seen nothing so far. Yeah, man. Um, transitioning from 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 this heavy topic to well, maybe this is heavy for you. <laughs> Well, not so heavy because Escom did what Escom did, and then yeah, oh yeah, I didn't see nothing. you got low shed. Uh, I had the privilege of watching the game on my mobile device. The game in question is Orlando Pirates got knocked out of the NetBank Cup. The only way that they end their trophyless drought since 2014 is if they come back on cheese in the PSL. Not likely. What do you make of them being knocked out, dude? And the nature in which they went out. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's 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 somewhat typical pirates in terms of we 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 will score goals, but at the same time we are leaky at the back. Like the issue with pirates from Rulani's days up until now to the to to Zinbauer being coach, our defense has never been fixed since 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 since. And when you look at that game, having seen highlights thanks thanks to technology, we are very offensive. We are overly offensive team. And we're not playing a, 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 a league ugh, first division side. We're not playing a semi-professional side. We're playing against Vets. Yeah. We, we can't employ those tactics week in, week out, and think we're going to win. I think, look, Pirates will score goals. Pirates do look good, and they play good in amazing football. But it's a gamble every week. Every week, we were under the cost in the second half. I mean, this game is not necessarily that, but... I, we're always going to concede goals. That's the I love watching Orlando Pirates. <laughs> I don't. I love it. Oh, my goodness. It's entertaining, but I... So I'm watching the game, the right? Time. And like on the positive side, on the only positive side, Pirates play a, a brand of football that is not seen with any other PSL team. And I'm a Sundown supporter, and I can tell you that if you, if you ask me who I'd want to pay to watch, I'd want to watch Pirates. For the simple reason that uh, Sundowns are very pragmatic in our approach, a business like, and it works. Mm. We we are winning stuff, and done. we continue to win stuff. And if we go a goal up or two goals up, we know how to shut up shop and leave that game with a win. Pirates don't know how to do that. Not at all. On the positive side, as I'm saying, like it's a very offensive game. Like Pirates play this vertical game where when they get the ball, and I was looking, I was watching the match against Vitz in the first half, it was Lorch was mainly doing this. Like you find on either side, Lorch is either on the left or he's on the right, or he's coming to the middle and he's switching the ball. And their mindset and what is drilled into them is that when you get the ball, go forward. Mm-hmm. And when you're going forward as well, the passes that you're looking for, you're looking for passes behind the, um, the opposition defense. I was watching the Vitz defense. The Vitz defense consists of three internationals. And I was looking at them, I was like, man. If you get exploited like this, I don't want these guys playing for Mafana Mafana. Not all of them all at the same time. Maybe just Slatroy. You say that. Yeah. And Slatroy is one who has whose name has come up oftentimes in terms of being the, the, the guy who's the solution for Pirates' defensive holes. And I was I was watching because he plays on the right side of, of defense, not a right back, but he plays as a center back on towards the right side of the field. 
And in the first half, particularly, Pirates were just running down that side of the field, and they were they were going behind the defense at will. At will. And these are the amazing things that Pirates do. Mamela had an amazing game, um, distribution, create, creativity as well. And then when we were when we were analyzing the game, we found, for example, how Hotto uh, like ate up until one on one to score like the second goal. Is because you watch Pirates and every time they are in attack, at one point in, in with that goal, mm. there were six guys, six players in from Pirates box. in the box. One of those players is Jalen. In in open play, it's not a set piece, guys. In no, not a set play, piece. Build up play, yeah. And and when the, and when the counter is launched by Vitz. The last two people who are there trying to defend, trying to stop Vitz, Ndovu, midfielder, Vincent Pule, winger. No Chele in sight, no uh, Nyaoza in sight, no Maela in sight. Wh- why are these guys in the team if they're not there to defend? I don't know. And Chele is the captain. Yeah. Like, if anything, he's the captain, is also the defender. And we had a conversation about defenders being captains. And one of the arguments I made is like, well, this guy is able to organize everyone else. That that <laughs> argument falls flat on its face on if Jelly is the example. Because I'm like, dude, you've played... Jelly's been at Pirates for like, what, 13 years Longest now? Longest serving player, yes. And you are the experienced campaigner. You are the leader. You can't. You can't be... You can't... I, I, get, I get that this is a cup game and you're trying to get a result. But you can't be leaving two midfielders to then deal with... You can't leave a guy to deal with someone like Hotto one-on-one. And Jelle as well, then Pirates are 3-2 up and it's the 120th minute just to see out the game. He goes into a tackle and he's not strong on the tackle and risk score the equalizer go on to win the game in penalties. I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Like, Pirates, Pirates defenders don't adapt to the situation. They play a particular way. As you were saying, they bring in in the second half, bring in defensive reinforcements, but they play the same way. Why, why? The thing about, uh, about the, the way they set up for me, which, which, which speaks to the... Not, not not derogatory, but the intelligence of, of the players on the pitch in terms of reading the game. Uh, ben Mutsuar is, is out. He's not playing. We sold Nyatama. So we don't have much defensive cover in terms of midfield. So when we are when we are attacking, we definitely need our defenders to be at the back. If they are in the box, we don't have any, any defensive midfielders on the pitch on that day. You can't have Upule. Upule can't even tackle when he's putting pressure in the offensive half. To put him as, as one to track back and try stop a goal, that's playing with fire. Undovuna is not even a regular in the team, and he's there trying to stop people. Maybe you see something we don't see in practice. It's but very Jekyll and Hyde. I, it's very Jekyll and Hyde. You, you, as a Pirates fan, your heart is football. always in your throat because it really is fantasy football. Yeah. Because, I mean, coming into this weekend, Mahango, who has 14 goals in the PSL, is not going to play in this game. And you're thinking, ah, oh, man, they might suffer. Paris just go out and score three goals in this match. Hmm. But Paris also go out and score, concede three goals. You know, Gavin Hunt was quoted as saying after the match that his team should have been 4-0 up. And if I were to play that game for you and I, I, I took out the highlights of the goals and I just like look, watch before, between and after, like, and after the goals, just watch the gameplay. You're going to say to me, well, the team um, wearing black, they're wearing white on the weekend, Pirates, went away from that match probably having won 5-0 or something. Because, man, like, I'm frustrated on your behalf. <laughs> I'm frustrated on your behalf because Havitz score for for one, mm. they got a phantom penalty. There was never ah, a penalty. It, never d- a it didn't ball. touch his hand. And then second to that, well, then maybe you can say that gets cancelled out by the fact that they should have had a penalty. Um, shout out Victor Gomes. You were the star of that show and this is not a compliment. And then you've got the one-on-one, as I'm saying, like with Hoto, who then 
scores that goal. And then at the end, as I'm saying, you've got Jelly doing Jelly things to concede that goal. But these things happen to Pirates. I was, if you look at the stats, Pirates had 16 shots on target. 16 shots on target. And they had 60% of the ball position, but they managed to get Vitz 9 shots on target as well. And you're like, oh, man, okay. can you just defend? That's too like, open Can you game. just defend? Just <laughs> <laughs> I remember Marina saying the, yeah. these comments. In practice, if the game gets to 4-4, 5-5, uh, he stops it and is like, I do something else because you guys are not defending at all. Pirates are happy to play like that. I mean... <sighs> you score three, you'll score four. Where do you think Pirates go from here? Oh, man, Angaz, because there's nothing really to can play you, for. They would just give up on this season, look to build for <laughs> next yeah, I think that's, that's honest, and, and it's not even a bad thing because, I mean, we're working with what we have. Um, so I think what we need to do is play, try combinations. Let's, let's play this offensive football, but try find a way to protect the lead that we will establish. Find a way to protect whatever we, we've ma- managed to gather because we can't do both at this point Pirates in time. need defensive help. Um, the PSL, the reason... Uh, you'll hear people say that the PSL is not exciting. is because the PSL is actually like the Italian league, oddly enough. It's very defensive, very mm. structured. Which means to me that if you're in need of defenders, you are in the right market to be in the PSL looking for defenders. And it, it boggles my mind that Pirates have not gone out and just poached from other teams who've got good defensive structures yeah. and found those players. And... <laughs> To round off on, 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 on the topic of Pirates and actually on the NetBank Cup, this weekend was wild because Chiefs struggled to beat a team that is 31 places below them. That was amazing to watch. That was crazy. But you could, uh, for me, I was thinking you can tell these guys come off like 15 days rest because they were rusty. The funny thing as a Pirates fan is that the only, chief, only team that I got to watch was Chiefs. <laughs> How that happened. Yes, and it was a hella boring match. But, but in the first half, this is one of the best performances I saw by George. George! George had shooting an amazing game. Hey, like, left, I was, I was, I was right noting process. that as well. And I heard that he had been working on a shooting this, in the break that they had. And he was just taking shots from distance. He's actually having a good season. He's actually having his best season. Like, I've seen him in the colors of Keza Cheese at yeah. least. Um, and the reason we mentioned George is because George is his homeboy. Ah, so, shout out Malulega. Miro. Okay. Um, and then you have a team called Amavarara. Ah. <laughs> which you've qualified lions. for Hungry Lions Hungry Lions is a chicken place according to me as far as I know I was that. like Jomo why need you about the Milan what the hell is going on and then you've got Golden Arrows beaten by students team in the 4th division VUT as, as these, these, these cup competitions there and as, I don't know if they should just do away these things because these things are getting embarrassing. Yes, not such our FET college. They shouldn't do away with them. This we, we is why we love this them. Kind of thing, this yes. is exactly why we love them. Over in England, they say that the FA Cup has lost its magic because you don't see these results. Over here, over here. I mean, we come from the other thing that might like slip through uh, people's consciousness is the fact that the defending champions are out, hmm. and because the defending champions are TS Galaxy who beat. Kaiser Chiefs in the final last year, the NetBank Cup just keeps throwing up these results, and it's just it's just cray cray, bro. But I guess maybe on the flip side, teams like Barocca made their names being giant killers, yeah. and here they are in the league eventually. You gotta love the NetBank Cup. Yeah, no, let's let's on from saving money to trying to win money at the possible risk of losing money. If you are actually following this, following this segment of the podcast up to this point, you'll know that we have not actually been successful <laughs> in any of these predictions. But we've been close. We soldier on. 
we'll Again, disclaimer, please only gamble with money that you can afford to lose. Gambling can be addictive, so be careful. What's the small rent, please? Or my uh, don't be like the person, I don't know if you saw the lottery story. Someone won the Powerball, 114 million, and <laughs> this lady, who's a mother of three, is quoted as saying that she can't wait to drive past her ex with her new car. Ah, I won. Just All I'm say. saying, an episode of I Blew It is loading. Anyway, back to this kind of gambling. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? What do you have on your bed slip this week? I got three soccer games and two rugby games. I got England. I got. I'm going to England, Mzansi, and Italy for the soccer. Okay, let's get into it. Arsenal versus Newcastle. Arsenal have to win. The last time Arsenal won, I was shocked when I heard the stat. It was on New Year's Day. I guess Manchester United. Arsenal, Arsenal have to win at some point. They have to, and this is a game that they have to turn it around in. This they've is what had you a call break. A proper gamble. They've they've had a break. They've got time to fix things, integrate the new defenders they've signed, and Arsenal have to win. If they don't win, Nangsas, they have to. PSL Sundowns versus Cheaper. Sundowns to win the first half. Sundowns to score first. Whichever one you want to play, do that. Sundowns are going to score. Um, then Serie A Juventus versus Brescia. CR7 to score in game number 11. He's going to do it in, the, in his 11th consecutive game. CR7 to score. Okay, now the rugby six nations. We've got Wales against France. This is a wild one, but I think it's going to happen this way. Wales are going to beat France by at least 18 points. So have them on a 17-point handicap. So meaning if they win by a margin of more than 17 points, which is two tries and a penalty, you get money. And then lastly, Super Rugby, the Sunwolves against the Chiefs. Not Kaiser Chiefs by Waikato Chiefs, the Chiefs to win. That should be an easy match, the Chiefs to win. I'm feeling confident this time about my, about, about my best slip. Do you realize that Arsenal have more, have less losses than Chelsea? But they also have less wins than Aston Villa, who sit in 17th place. That's because Arsenal just keep drawing. So, get a last are, minute like, goal. The, good, the smart bet at Arsenal is that they're going to draw. That's why I'm staying away from Arsenal. So, my best slip is as follows. Uh, I've got the England rugby team winning against Ireland and Six Nations. I've got the Jaguares uh, to win as well against the Reds in, um, is it the Super 14? What is it called now? Uh, Pro 14. No, oh, man. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super, super, it's super, super rugby. Yeah. This is super, super rugby. And then over in Germany, uh, in the Bundesliga, I've got Leipzig to beat uh, Werder Bremen and for that to be more than uh, one and a half goals. So Leipzig and over one and a half goals. And then I've got Lazio versus Inter Milan. Inter Milan come from a, a goal-scoring gluttony, uh, six goals with Milan, So I with AC Milan. So I'm, I have Inter scoring and I have Lazio scoring because they're playing at home and they've got a bunch of goals this season. So I've got both teams scoring in that game. And then last but not least, uh, my banker is that Liverpool are going to the Canaries and they're going to win. Yeah, sens- sensible betting. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, I um, always France, have the big France, money bets. France winning by twenty. No, Wales winning by twenty points. Yeah, is not a smart bet, guys. Don't do it. I got more money. Don't do it. Anyway, that rounds up episode twenty-three. This is Chuck, and this is Jay. Episode done. <laughs>